blast off! Okay, sorry, that's not how it goes. He counts down from five to zero. I was just, I felt it. It's, What's it's up, that everybody? Exciting moment. It's when... that podcast time with David and yes. Aiden. We're here to talk about the Lord, and it's gonna be fun. Yeah. What's so, up? Welcome to Entrust to Entrust. <laughs> um, yeah, where it's, unconventional welcomings are the norm. Absolutely. <laughs> and to continue with the unconventional, unconventional thought, I was thinking cow. about birds in the Bible, Aiden. Birds in the Bible. Cacao. Mm. I was, I Good was topic. thinking different animals in the Bible and like how much of their... How much like goldfish are there in the Bible? And it's like no, no goldfish. There are, but there's so many birds. Yeah, dude, from Genesis to Revelation, man, it's it's insane. They were created in Genesis. Yep, and with goldfish, we've got references to <laughs> eagles and sparrows. And the Philadelphia Eagles are God's football team. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Isaiah forty-one thirty. Whoever trusts in the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like. Eagles. Not the Cardinals, not the Ravens, not the Dallas Cowboys. Eagles. That's, that's <laughs> Sorry, for too all much. you sports uh, people. <laughs> um, but I I love the imagery of birds in the Bible. It's Birds are really cool animals. Yes. <laughs> just letting everyone right. out there do, know. Do you want, this, do has, <laughs> this has nothing to do, well, almost well, no, it does, nothing. It does, it does. Just get ready. Get so ready. We, we're sitting around... Wondering what to do, and then all of a sudden, I don't know where it came out from. He just started saying, birds in the Bible. No, he said goldfish, and then... Yeah, yeah. and then but birds. Here's, I got you. Ready? Ready? Mm-hmm. The bird is the word. <gasps> it's beautiful. <laughs> so, all of this can sort of stem from one one verse, and let's see if Aiden can get the reference. The people, the can, people can tame all kinds of animals. Birds, reptiles, and fish. Oh, I see now. I see. No pun intended. Let's see how close you can get. What what's the what's the reference? Um, James uh-huh. three. Yeah. Um three. Nope, it's three seven. I'll I'll oh. give it close <laughs> enough. Today we're talking about words and word and the tongue and about the heart. It's a great topic. It's a good How day. to freestyle rap. No. Yes. <laughs> Kidding. Um But I wanted to start by asking the question why are words important? Well, they're important for a lot of reasons. God has given us words. Mm-hmm. We get to know God through reading words. We share God through words. Like, God didn't give us another alternative way to share the gospel. Words are how we speak, communicate, and express love. So, this, the list is probably pretty long. It's it's amazing how much and Actually, if you keep reading in this passage of James here, I, I think you kind of... Yeah. Get to it. Out of the tongue comes both blessings and curse. Yeah. So I I think it's really cool how we are creatures of words. If you took away language, what would we be? It'd it's, be interesting. It'd be very interesting. Even even people who are mute or deaf have ways of still talking through words. It's I mean, just a different means. Yeah. 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 I feel like to a great extent, like the way God has given us words and created us to talk just makes us different than the rest of creation. I mean, he made us to rule over it and i think it's just one of the many ways that we see that like we've been created intentionally different Mm -hmm. so going from there we've established that words are important but what does the bible say about the words we use 
what's what's the haps there's a lot there is <laughs> and actually the we've, we've had this on the idea scroll for a little bit but we just had a really fun cool bible study on mm-hmm. wednesday to wrap up kind of the spring series here that was talking about words love the combo actually i want to open i have my notebook here um the bible says a lot on words um there's a lot said in the old testament and in the new testament it's something that um fills a lot of the book of proverbs um proverbs 18 really good passage to check out if you want to just see what is a good intentional way to use words um what's the way that god intends i mean jesus even talks about this um i believe paul does paul yeah i'm pretty sure paul mentions it uh, yeah paul mentions yeah talking words um i don't really know where, where do you want to start i guess <laughs> that's a good question i feel like we did kind of start off with james so we can just read through some of james and just see where we go from there well, yeah i mean we can even just give like quick highlight. Yeah. i mean james kind of gives three comparisons in chapter three to the tongue right yep. first one is horse like a horse uh no words are not like a horse but they're like the little or specifically the tongue from which our words come is mm-hmm. like this little bit in a horse's mouth um second analogy was our words the tongue is just like a little rudder that controls a large ship yep. or a small spark that sets a great force on fire. What are all those going to say? What, he's making the same point three times. It's all saying that the tongue is incredibly powerful and that it's impossible to control. Mm-hmm. It's, he, he, he talks about how among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire for it's setting fire by hell itself. So, great. We've established that <laughs> our, all our words have been coming from a place set on fire by hell itself. So, where where do you go from that? Well, I think with a lot of things, you got to think about, okay, we who have trusted in Jesus, his, his death and resurrection for forgiveness of our sins, have a clear purpose and calling in the way that we live. And you've got to realize that we live in a fallen, broken, and sinful world. And I think what James is writing here is just so evident that, like, realize what danger, like, the words that we say presents. Even, I mean, there's probably even similar things just talking about, like, our thought life. I mean, Paul even describes it like, I, I do what I don't want to do. Like, recognize mm-hmm. and... Uh, further back in the Old Testament, Jeremiah says, like, the human heart is deceitful above all else. Who can understand it, right? So recognize, by nature, we are sinful. We are not good enough. I'm not good enough. But the flip side to that is recognizing, okay, there is freedom that is found, not by anything we have the strength to do, but solely through Christ. Solely through Jesus, we are made new. So it's like, okay, living in light of that, that we have freedom and hope and restoration in Jesus, but we are waiting for the day when he's going to come back and make everything new. Eternal life does start when we know him, you know, and it's in us, but yet we are Mm -hmm. complete and incomplete because incomplete because we still live in this fallen, broken, and simple world. We still mess up. Complete, though, because regardless of what we do, when we trust in Jesus, like, we are sealed. So So adding that background in there, which I think is important. Very. Um... The question was, where do we go from that, right? It (laughs) is. It's so encapsulating all of it down. 
Yes, we have a tongue that is corrupt and that naturally tends toward destructiveness, but God has redeemed our hearts, and that's from where our, our, our words are coming from. Right. So there's another passage. I believe it's John. Is it John? Is no? it? Describe it. <laughs> Time uh, talk, where Jesus is talking about um, the, the things we put in our mouth ah, versus Luke the six. things like Luke 6. Um, okay. Oh, the things that defile. Well, you might be talking about John. Out of, out of the wellspring of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. I think, in, I mean, obviously, I think he, it gets recorded a couple times. The one mm-hmm. that I know the best, the reference that I know the best, um, I think is in Luke 6 43 through 45. Um, 43 is little. Different says no tree bears good uh no good tree bears bad fruit, no does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is organized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings out the good out of the good stored up in his heart. Excuse me. An evil man brings out evil things out of the evil stored yeah. up in his heart. The last verse this is what we really want. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Mm-hmm. Um, after Bible study on Wednesday, I had a good friend come up to me. He was like, you know, I think it's no coincidence that the the tongue, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm in, remember I'm an engineering major, not biology major. The tongue kind of oh, goes yes. down like to like it's, the throat. I'm not entirely sure. I'm again, okay. not a, don't, a lot of the, t- <laughs> the tongue is a lot bigger than it looks. Right. That's the bottom line. Uh, don't quote us on all that. We're these are two engineering majors sitting in here. Um, yep. But the but what he was saying, my, what my friend was saying was, it's interesting that the tongue and the heart are so close to each other. Mm-hmm. There's a direct relationship between, and Jesus said this, um, what you say and what's stored up in your heart. Um, and I think that's a huge thing to be mindful of when you are thinking about the words that you say, if you want to get right into that. So I guess the question is, wh- where do we get a right heart for right words? So if if we want our words to be helpful, if we want our words to be encouraging, if we want our words to not be destructive and hurtful. We gotta be sitting at the feet of Jesus. Like bottom line, it's it's not gonna come from our own understanding. I mean, even if you go back to Proverbs, like the foundation of wisdom is asking God for it. Like, that's how Solomon got the wisdom. He, he asked God for it. You have to realize that there's no, no power of man, nothing under the sun. L- with words and so many other things, the ability to just use them as God intended is not going to come from our own strength. I think that's just acknowledgement number one, um, that, like, we fail. But when we are filling our heart with the things of heaven, when we're filling our heart with Christ— what you feed your heart's going to grow. And if you're feeding your heart those things, the right things, it's, it's going to show. It's going to come out and it's going to be beautiful. It, inversely, if you're feeding the heart with the wrong things, what's going to come out is going to reflect what's in your heart. So putting this practically, the, the things that we're meditating on come directly from the things that we're regularly interacting with and the things that we are thinking about the most. And if we're if we're spending our days thinking about um, how how angry we are, excuse me, <clears throat> with other people around us and thinking about the the terrible shows we're watching or thinking about just garbage, then what's going to come out of our mouth flows from that garbage. 
Right. I mean, Paul and says in Second Corinthians ten that like we got to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. We got to be guarding our heart above all else. Proverbs four twenty three. Um, you got to be intentional with with what you're feeding. It takes a bit of discipline. Paul says, you know, I strike a blow to my body, but he does it intentionally for. I think it's First Corinthians nine. I think we even shared that last week a little bit. Like we have a purpose. We have a compass. Mm-hmm. I have wait the rudder thing. Okay. Yes. If your ship is like uh if you you know your route you, you want to steer the rudder towards where you're going yes you don't want to steer the rudder towards aimlessly you know just like with the tongue you want to be guiding the words that you say to reflect um the integrity of your teach of, of what you've been taught that that's a verse mm-hmm. Everything you say reflect the integrity of your teaching i think that's maybe colossians i don't know so i i got to bring up psalm 19 we've been a little bit of all over the place but oh yeah psalm, ni- <laughs> psalm 19 talks about um knowing the sins in your heart and the words of your mouth so psalm nineteen twelve, um and going on how can i know all the sins lurking in my heart cleanse me from these hidden faults keep your servant from deliberate sins don't let them control me then i will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In this psalm, David is praying. He's saying, God, how in the world can I find out all of the sin that's hidden in my heart? Mm. And knowing now, as, as believers of Christ, that we have a renewed heart. We've got this brand new. God has cleansed us, and he can keep any sin from hiding in our heart. He's He's put the Holy Spirit in our heart, and we can be clean. Yeah, I mean, David even says multiple times in Psalms, like, search me, O God, know my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's a very good prayer to pray. It's a very honest prayer, and you got to pray that one really palms up. Like, yeah. Lord, just show me, because he will show you. And I've seen it time and time again in my life. Like, all of a sudden, I'm just, I realize, okay, that's not right. That needs to be conformed to the image of Christ. And, like, the beautiful thing is, walking with the Lord, like, he is making us new. We are a new creation, and we got to transform the way that we think. But we do that by letting Christ renew our mind. It's not something that comes with our own power. And the the quick side note, the reference I was mentioning earlier was Titus 2.7. And everything set a good example by doing what is good, um, which will show integrity and seriousness in your teaching. Mm. Just had to throw that out there. What else do you got? Yeah, I wanted to talk briefly about... Um, encouraging words versus discouraging words and maybe even talk about profanity how does that play into the whole deal yeah um i have a good one that could be like a segue for you um if you go to ephesians four twenty nine, it says mm-hmm. don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what is good and useful for building others up according to their needs right that's yes. the full verse don't use foul so, use of language yeah um you i feel like there's really um People can often say, like, one, one thing the world kind of notices that's different than Christians, right, is that, you know, typically we don't curse, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. sometimes I feel like people can think to themselves, like, okay, why is that, right? The Bible doesn't necessarily come out right and say, thou shalt not curse. It does say, do not take the Lord, name of right. the Lord your God in vain. That is directly violating God. But you got verses like this, and I think a lot of others that really kind of paint the picture pretty clear that, like, do not let, he, let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So when I hear people asking me, like, 
or or I've seen it, it done before. It's like, you know, why don't you curse? Why don't you say these words? I feel like it comes right down to this. Ephesians 4.29. You don't want to let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Only what's good for building others up according to their needs. We we have had this thing um in our in our circle for a while. It's just like even even just past just curse words, just any words that just are not building each other up. We'll we'll just yell this out and be like, Hey, is that edifying? It's just another word for is that uplifting or encouraging? It's just right. like a quick check, like, is that edifying? And it ties right back to this verse. Cause the reality is when we have that perspective, that purpose of running the race for Jesus, right? Of of being made new in him. We want everything that we do to reflect, just like Titus 2.7 says, the seriousness and integrity of our teaching. And that boils down to something even as simple as words. So when, when people come up to me and ask, oh, why don't you curse? Why don't you do this and that? Like, it's Some people will assume, oh, that's because you're commanded not to. And I mean, kind of, but I feel like so much more than that is we're running after the heart of Christ. Mm-hmm. We want to be pleasing God. And we want every little thing in our lives to be pointing to that so that if someone asks that question and this is what I like to do someone says hey I've noticed you don't say these words xyz you know or whatever um that is an opportunity to share the gospel like yeah you know I don't I don't say those words but you know the reason why I don't is because I believe that we need to be building each other up according to their needs I mm-hmm. there's I don't want to be wasting the words that we say I think it says oh I don't know the reference I think it's second timothy that will give we have to be given account for every empty word yeah. that we say. And I mean, yeah. I think it's even bigger than just profanity. Like you it is just be guarding your heart and your mind against saying just talk that is useless. And that has honestly kind of been convicting me lately. Like, Lord, I want to be intentional with the words I'm saying, not just running around aimlessly, just always talking about the same old, same old, but like being intentional in conversation matters because the things that we do for the Lord matter. And that's that's the convicting challenge is it's it's not just we're we're not called to we're called not to curse, but it's the fact that we are called that everything we say be good and helpful. So right. that's no no put downs, no no idle just blabber. It's everything you say, every word you say should be useful and building other people up around yeah. you. And I think it's this has been something in my life that like God has kind of used something simple like this to teach me in so many other areas that it's not necessarily about the, the right, the, the wrong, like the more, okay, more or less do this, don't do this as opposed to, are you chasing after my heart? Mm. Like the Bible just lets us know so clearly, like this is what pleases God. This is what honors him. And we who've been made new in Christ, like you want to please him. You want to have that desire. And, and like we talked about last week, sometimes that might not be there, but you just got to be honest in your prayer life and be like, Lord, can you transform this and make this new? Because I know that what you say is true, you yeah. know, and I can see this change in my life. So just realizing it's it's mostly about, am I chasing after God's heart or am I trying to be legalistic? And it's it's so much more about that relationship mm-hmm. that that we want to know God. And with that, we want to know what pleases him because of just how great he is. Absolutely. You know? And that's yeah. something that you want to be having stirring in your heart. And that's why we read the Bible. That's why we go to church. That's why we care about praying. We want to know God. We don't just do this just to do it. We don't just say the right words just to say the right words. And like, that's something that's just so easily said, but like you really want to like be intentional and 
really understand the purpose and intentionality behind it because Christ defines all of that. Yeah, the the why we do what we do. Why we do what we do. Big idea. And it's just, it's so true. And I think something is like, well, I don't even think it's simple. Like something as as big as words. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, this is just one of those areas where we really can just live that out. And you want everything you do to be reflecting the seriousness of your teaching. Because the reality is the gospel is just the best news, the most meaningful and life-changing thing that we have ever heard seen in our lives and you want that to be the most core part of your life you know if like just in the span of eternity like it's the thing that matters most so Mm -hmm. everything you're going to do like that's the big rock man yeah it's i i like to think about if 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 there was like a firefighter who pulled me from a burning building Mm -hmm. what words would i be saying to him Woo! thank you (laughs) exactly and what christ has done for us is so much more Mm-hmm. as as his servant do we want to be saying these these um, profanity or these put downs or this negative talk is is that fitting is that actually what we would do if he was right in front of us and mm-hmm. and another question that i was kind of asking myself as we talked about this um, during bible study is if if i had limited words if if there was a set like number i have 20,000 words for a certain amount of time. Would I waste them on idle talk? Would I waste them on arguments? Would I waste them on put downs or would I savor them for only what is good? And I think that that's what you see in, in chapters like Proverbs 18. Like it just clearly paints a picture of this is what's wise. This is what's foolish. Mm -hmm. The wise man is intentional with his words. The fool is quick to give an answer before the questions even asked. Like, am I listening? Am I truly understanding? And with that, am I truly speaking in a way that honors the Lord? Um, just a quick side note. The verse I mentioned earlier about giving an account for every idle word, Matthew 12, not Second Timothy. Good to know. <laughs> just want to make it clear, we are just two college student guys. You know, be a Berean. Whatever we bring up, go check it against yes. the word. That's that's what really matters here. I'm <laughs> sorry for giving you guys the wrong reference. It's it's our weekly disclaimer. Yes. We are not the final authority. We the Bible not. is. We, the intention here, just to encourage. Um, but yeah, what else, what else you got? That's pretty much it, actually. We're about out of time for this episode. And but, but yeah, I would just say, go do a deep dive into like, into the Proverbs. Proverbs 18 is a great spot to start. There's so many more that just talks about how to speak wisely. But I think also with that, find ways to stir your affection for Christ. Like, Mm -hmm. take time to delight in what God has done for you. And even just to think and remember it. Sometimes it's even just as simple as that. Just taking a second to realize, why why am I doing what I'm doing? And the answer to that is, because I have a purpose and identity that's found only in Jesus Christ. Nothing this world has to offer is going to fulfill that. Nothing this, nothing I can do can save me from the sin that's just evident everywhere. Like, it's only through Christ. It's only through Christ that we can possibly speak honorably. Because on our own strength, James makes it pretty clear, who can tame the tongue? Mm-hmm. It's pretty near impossible if, on if our you own could strength. do it you right. would be perfect in every way right but the reality is we need to be depending on jesus for our strength and more so for the direction in which we just got to be doing things and no. he gives it to us so clearly 
He's given us that grace and he's given us that strength. God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So be encouraged by that. Use the words to build each other up um, and be on guard against those words that are not. Just ask God to search you. He'll do it. Yep. Sweet deal. We love you guys. We'll see you next time.